everyone. I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You, and I'm your host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here's where we talk about the connection between creativity and healing by interviewing amazing creatives, spectacular healers, and inspiring people who have used creativity in their healing. What does it mean to be creative? What is creativity? You don't have to write a best-selling book or paint a masterpiece or even play in a rock band. Creativity is in everything that we do, in the ways we think, in the way we run a business, in our everyday lives, we are creative all the time. Let's talk about how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, right now on the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Hi, everyone. Larissa Russell of Creative View Healing, and welcome again to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Today, I have with me Lois Wagner. Lois is a speaker, storyteller, mentor, inspirer, learning trainer, facilitator, and empowerment coach. So that makes the acronym SMILE. She helps people move from victim to survivor to thriver and beyond to freedom after facing a life or business challenge or adversity. Come smile with Lois and fly free as she takes you on a journey of healing. So welcome, Lois. Thanks, Larissa. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. Um, You were part of our summit and now we can just expand a little bit more on what you do and, and, and bring more attention, I think, to the amazing work that you do. So can you share some of your story and the path that's brought you here? Sure. Well, the path started 26 years ago. Um, I was 40 at the time. And I was brutally attacked and raped and left for dead. And I became an activist. I wanted to change the world. The rapists had been out on um, bail. And I just thought, that's nonsense. So I wanted to change the law. (laughs) So I became an activist. So my, my model, which is from victim to survivor to thriver to freedom, says that you become a victim first. Well, I went straight into survivor mode because I was fighting the good fight. (laughs) And I did that for a while, and then I lost momentum. Various other incidences took place. Um, I lost a business. I landed up with a debilitating uh, back problem that kept me bedridden for six months. Uh, so life just carried on. I went back into the co- I went back into the corporate world. Uh, left um, South Africa. I left South Africa. I went to live in the Middle East, and uh, finally the Middle East kicked me out because of my age. <laughs> so I returned to South Africa, and I decided to start my business. I made the intention. Uh, public in 2014 that I was going to do this, Uh, but it took me all this time to actually start this business. So it's been quite a convoluted journey and it hasn't always been easy and I haven't always been focused, but here I am. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what does healing with creativity mean to you? Well, you know, when, when you're going through the process of healing, especially when you're moving out of victim mode into survivor mode, you need to be creative. And by creativity, I mean, you need to experience your, your emotions, your negative emotions, the fear, the hatred, the anger, the guilt, 
whatever it is that you're, you're experiencing, you need to really feel that emotion. And the best way to feel it is to creatively feel it. So I always suggest people use all of their senses. They need to see it, feel it, touch it, taste it, smell it, um, and visualize it. You know, really get to visualize it. And then those, those emotions are there for a reason. So it's important that you, you don't just ignore them, that you actually analyze them and work through them. And then when you replace them with a more positive emotion, that's when the good old vision boarding comes into place, create a, create a vision of that emotion. People, when they talk vision boards, it is so often about material things. I'm talking about your emotions. So what does joy look like? How does it taste? What does it smell like? I see you having a sip of coffee. Maybe it smells like a cup of hot coffee. And so I want that creativity to come into it where people can really, really visualize and feel what that positive emotion is. I love that. I think that's so important. And it, it touches on, on my belief of, you know, creativity is in everything we do. And so that, you know, see it, taste it, touch it, all of those different um, senses being involved right? And then how does that help you move forward? I love that. Part of creativity is to write. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote from day one, I started writing a journal. You don't have to write a journal. My journal became a book. <laughs> you don't have to write it to get it published. But by writing, by putting that creativity into words onto a piece of paper, it's also very, very therapeutic. Uh, for a lot of reasons, which we won't go into all of them now, but it, it just helps you understand exactly what you're experiencing and it helps you process it a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. I'm a huge proponent of writing. I use it in all my programs. I think it's so important for, regardless of what you're doing with it, right? You don't need to publish it. You don't even need to read it again, but you getting it out, and, and writing is such a great way to do that. And what, what inspires you in the work you do? What inspires me is to see recovery, to see people happy, to see them processing their, their trauma, not to live with that trauma. Everyone always says to me, they can't believe they don't see any trace of the trauma in me. And that's because I've processed it properly and I've got a piece. And and that's, that's what inspires me, to get other people to find that level of peace. Mm, I like that. I like that a lot. One of, one of the things that comes up for a lot of creatives and healers is about monetizing our work. So charging people for what we do. What are your thoughts on that? I wish I could get more. <laughs> I, 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 it's right it's a job you're providing a service and I think you should get paid for it it's it's uh, especially when it's successful you know you're helping somebody overcome something that's that's stunting their growth and their development so yes you should get paid for it <laughs> so, mm -hmm. as I say I wish I could get more <laughs> I think we all want uh, for me when I think of monetizing, I think of how many people can I help? The more money I make, the more people I can help because then I have more capacity to do things. So um, that that's what's important for me is, you know, how many people can I help with it? 
And yeah. So you touched on writing. Uh, I'm assuming that's your creative healing modality that you used. Um, Can you just expand on that a little bit more? Well, I started writing, um, you know, this this happened way before the, the Me Too movement and the word rape was never discussed in polite circles. So, of course, when it happened to me, it was, you know, shock horror, obviously shock horror anyway, but the fact that it came into my space, these things didn't happen because you never heard about it. So I was so angry that I wanted to change the world. And I decided that I was going to tell my story. We had had a couple of other situations in South Africa, terrible, terrible stories of murder and various other tragedies. Uh, But it was the headline newspaper and then it would go away. And the fact that this happened to ordinary people and ordinary rape it was wrong and I needed people to know that it happened to everyday people as well. And so my intention from the very first night was I'm going to write a book and I'm going to publish it to let people know what happened. Uh, And so I started writing a journal and I wrote the journal for 14 years (laughs) and it became a wada, 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 wada. It became a diary and it, it became very boring. (laughs) but uh, it eventually got published last year. I'm assuming there was a little bit of editing. You're not saying your book is boring, right? (laughs) No, well, it's changed its format. So what it is now, it is part memoir, part self-help guide. So what happened 14 years later, that's where I didn't have an ending for my book. And that's why I sort of just carried on and on. And 14 years after um, the rape, I was living outside of, of the country and I was going home for my first holiday and I contacted the prison authorities. The rapist had been given a 25-year sentence and I'd never made any inquiries after him in all those 14 years. And for some reason, I decided to find out what was happened, what had happened to him. And they informed me that he was having a parole hearing the day after I arrived in the country, which was such a coincidence. And then in addition, the law had just changed, allowing victims of serious crime to attend parole hearings. So I thought, oh, this is just far too serendipitous. So I decided to go. So I went to the parole hearing. I was the first person in South Africa to attend a parole hearing. And I went to the parole hearing and I forgave the rapist. So that was the conclusion of my book. Um, But then it still took me another 12 years to publish. (laughs) And you say that with, um, you know, I forgave my rapist. Like it was no big deal. But there had to have been a fair bit going on there um, for you to be able to do that. Yeah, well, you know, when I told my friends that I was going to the parole hearing, they all said, oh, you mustn't go. It's going to trigger you. It's, you know, you don't need it in your life. And uh, one friend said to me, yes, you must go and you must forgive. I said, don't be stupid. I'm never going to forgive this man. And But I did research. I did a lot of research into forgiveness, and I wrote this long half academic speech. <laughs> and so when I went, I took the speech with me. And when they asked me, did I have anything to say? I said, yes. And I read the speech. And as I was reading it, I was thinking, 
this doesn't make sense, I don't mean it, it's all wrong. <laughs> and he didn't understand it. English was not his first language. And he, uh, he, he had a great six education, so it was way over his head. Anyway, I read it, and when I finished reading it, I just looked at him. I looked at him in the eyes, and I said, I forgive you. <laughs> and there were a couple more words than that. But as I said it, it was the most amazing thing, because as I said it, I meant it. And I just thought, wow, I do forgive him. And it was instantaneous. The authorities said they would let me know in seven days if he got parole or not. And I just said, no, I don't need to know. I don't want to know. It broke that tie to him so completely. And it set me completely free from the situation, from the individual. I didn't walk out of that prison. I flew out of that prison. Yeah. And I think that that's the power of forgiveness, right? It has really nothing to do with him and everything to do with you. You set yourself free. Absolutely. So true. Because you bonded, you bonded to that situation and you, you, it always comes back. Something triggers you. It's in your subconscious. Something happens and you remember it. You, you never forget. You will never forget. But now when I remember it, I don't remember it with the pain and the angst and the anger and the hurt. You know, it literally breaks you free from that situation. Yeah. Yeah. So important. So important to because people do struggle with forgiveness. We all do, right? And But when you are, are able to feel into it and allow yourself that freedom, so important. If you could change one aspect of our society through your work, what would it be? It would be to make everybody brave. <laughs> and by brave, I mean... I want, to, I want to stop harassment and sexual and gender-based violence. So that's what I want to change. And, and I do that. I'm working towards that by using a model that I've created called BRAVE. Uh, and, and so if people learn boundaries, respect, agreement, values, and, and equality, we can be brave and we can fight toxic masculinity and harassment and violence mm -hmm. yeah and I think that's so important so important so I would love to see that happen <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> as women we tend to um, struggle with imposter syndrome and has that been a problem for you and if so how do you deal with that no I don't think so um, when I started you know, I did think, well, I don't have a, 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 a psychology qualification and who am I to help other people. So it did sort of cross my mind. But at the end of the day, I've got a model that works. And, and so it doesn't matter if it's recognized or qualified or, you know, it, it works. And it's from my experience. It's based on my experience. It's real. And so, no, I don't have any questions. <laughs> I love that because it's true, right? When and, and that's the work I do as well is I've done this. It worked for me. Let me share it with you. And hopefully it's going to work for you. And for the most people, for most people, it does if they're willing to do the work. So because <laughs> nothing just comes to you. You have to do the work. Absolutely. So, yeah. Do you have an inspirational quote that you live by? 
pick yourself up, dust yourself down, laugh, forgive yourself, forgive the perpetrator, and carry on with renewed vigor and determination. That's my quote. <laughs> I love that. I think we need to quote ourselves more often, so I love that. <laughs> and I love the quote, too. Is there anything else you'd like to add that we maybe haven't discussed today? Sure, I think we've touched on everything very briefly. But in, in terms of healing, you know, it's so important that you do pro process everything. I, after I was raped, I was, everybody was saying how brave and strong I was. And, hey, look at me, I'm so brave and strong because I was out there fighting the good fight and trying to change the world. But in the meantime, I needed to be weak. And I was so happy to be brave. And two years after the rape, I was, I became completely bedridden. My back collapsed. I had two failed back operations, told that I would never hike or scuba dive. I could never do the things I loved um, until it was pointed out to me that it was psychosomatic, <laughs> that I, was face, I wasn't facing my problem. I was putting it behind me by being so brave and strong and, and, and trying to save the world. I wasn't experiencing the real deep pain that I should have. So when I was bedridden, I could just lie there and feel sorry for myself. <laughs> and so why get better? Uh, and once, once I came to that realization, I had a bit of mind work, eight chiropractic treatments, and I did a five-day hike with a 29-kilogram backpack on my back. <laughs> so um, it's so important that we do the work. Don't let the mind take over. And we can, we can heal, and there are so many creative um, modalities you can use in order to heal. Find the one that works for you. Absolutely. I love that. I think that's so important because we do often, especially as women, I say this a lot, especially as women, but we do take on everything and we, we need to be strong and we need to, we feel we need to be strong and we take on the weight of the world and it just weighs us down. And when we can just sometimes allow ourselves to ask for help or feel that weakness or just allow ourselves to feel our feelings. It's so important. It's so important. Yeah. So I want to thank you so much for being here and, and sharing a little bit of your story. Um, I see you have a free forgiveness checklist. So we'll make sure they have their links for that. Absolutely. And if they follow their checklist, they're halfway to, to finding that freedom. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you again so much for being here. So I just want to end off by saying, Fluffy. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Are you a daily journaler? Do you want more creativity in your day? We have two great creativity journals to start your day with. One for people who already have a journaling practice and one for people who are new to journaling. Both are an amazing way to start your day. Both make the perfect gift for a person in your life. Check out Have an Amazingly Creative Day and how do I have an amazingly creative day? Both currently available on Amazon. Click the link below to purchase yours now.